Hey everyone, you're now listening to the Reach My City podcast. Johnny and Devin discuss the difference between the true gospel and the false gospel. C.S. Lewis once said, A man does not call a line crooked unless he has some idea of a straight line. Then he has something to contrast with. Here's your host, founder of Reach My City, Johnny Gaston, and evangelism training coach, Devin Brown. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. We're talking about such a sensitive yet urgent topic today, talking about the false gospel. There's many of them. In fact, it's not just a false gospel. There's tons of false gospels out there. Now, we're not going to be able to cover all of them, but what we want to do is show you the false so that we can more clearly demonstrate for you what the true gospel is. Just want to welcome Devin onto the show. How you doing, Devin? Great, man. I'm great. I'm excited about uh, getting into the, the podcasting uh, world again. Our goal is to get people to simply examine what they believe in terms of the gospel. Uh, make sure it's biblical because uh, we run into people all the time on the streets when we're doing evangelism in our everyday lives that are believing a, a, a false gospel. Uh, and Paul said, if, if, if it's not the true gospel, then it's not the gospel at all. When you download our free mobile app, Reach My City, onto your smartphone, you gain access to all of the content that we release out there into cyberspace. Also, you can listen to this podcast. You will be the first to know. Also, our videos, our blogs, all of our content that's out there is available for you 24-7. With the mobile app, you'll get notifications on outreach efforts that we do on a week-by-week basis, as well as evangelism training happening right here in your area. If you want to start in, in a proper place in, re, in regards to telling saying what the gospel's not, I think that you have to, you know, be like a good doctor and figure out what the symptoms are here because there's deeper there's deeper roots to this thing and it starts off with I think this is kind of the basics or it's it's the it's really the at the heart level I think we can expose it just by saying this what does a sinful carnal wretched man want what do what does it want what does the heart want well obviously it wants its own desires so if you're giving somebody or giving somebody a motive to come to Christ, and yet the the uh, the reason why you're telling someone to come to Christ is something they already want. Yeah. Their carnal heart already desires money, already desires health. Everyone, you know, it's like uh, you know there was a one of the the famous prosperity preachers said nobody wants to be sick, nobody wants to be poor, right? Nobody wants to be, uh, you know bored or whatever they want to have a great life they want to be healthy and wealthy and if you're giving somebody something a reason to come to christ because of what's something they already want they don't have to be changed to want it they don't have to be transformed to want it then obviously it should be axiomatic to us it should be obvious that that's not the gospel if you're going to give them what they already want then why would they need christ this really is an issue this is actually an issue, especially here in our, even our local area in, in Mobile, Alabama, where we're from. It's a major issue. Um, there are many uh, 
many false gospels. And so we have to address these things because if we don't, people will continue to believe them. And, and even if all we do is push someone to just check out the scriptures, just to you know question it, okay, is this scriptural? And get them to just look into the scripture, see what they believe, then, then we've done our job. We've done um, what we want people to do and, and what God of course, commands us to do, which is weigh things by his word. And so you read Jeremiah where he says that our heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can trust it? Uh, so we know that our heart's intentions are evil. And so when a gospel is presented that does not require uh, change, that does not require transformation, that does not require an outside form of righteousness, an outside righteousness that we don't possess, uh, it's a, immediately a sign that, hey, this is a false gospel. Because uh, if the gospel that you are believing doesn't include daily, get ready for this word, repentance, <laughs> it's not a true gospel. Why? Because Jesus himself preached repentance. What makes, what, what, how could we believe that a gospel that does not include repentance could be true? How could we assume that? You know, with the evidence of scripture that says, unless you repent, this is red letters. Jesus said this, unless you repent, you're going to perish. Now that's Jesus speaking, you know, and so um, Jesus hasn't changed, and so he still feels that way. And so when we come to Christ without repentance, I'm sorry, the reality is, is we have not come to Christ. Christ has to come to us because, according to Jeremiah, our hearts are evil and wicked and don't desire the things of God. So it takes uh, the grace of God and his mercy to change our hearts. We can't do it ourselves, and if we come for any other reason other than the fact that we need a Savior, we need a righteousness that we don't have, uh, if we come for any other motive outside of that, then it is a, it's a very uh, high probability, very high chance that uh, we are not believing in the right Jesus, we are not believing the right gospel. That's so true, and we've seen that over and over. So as it relates to evangelism and actually sharing and communicating your faith, giving someone an adequate biblical gospel presentation, it must include a purpose for coming to Christ that they need to be saved. Now, that's something people have gotten away from big time. Uh, they don't want to even say that you need to be saved. Um, you know, really, it's the word is fulfillment. They, they're really giving people a motive of being more fulfilled in life. And, and so, so they use different catchphrases and different terms. Obviously, they change their terms over the years as, uh, you know, they want to be more culturally relevant to people who are unchurched. And so one of the, the catchphrases I've seen before in churches is we want to be a church that unchurched people will love to go to. Yeah, <laughs> now that, oh, that hurts. <laughs> that really hurt. I'm laughing, but I, I'm laughing to keep from crying. <laughs> I mean, it's so bad. Why would you want to create a church that people that are unchurched that don't love God want to go to? That that should be a blazing, bright sign that we are unbiblical. We are as far away from the Bible as possible. Why do I say that? Because Jesus said that the light has come into the world, but men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. And so you can see in the book of John, as in the first chapter there, it talks about Jesus coming into the world and men hating him. 
And it says that, that people who are apart from Christ will hate Christ. They will hate us because we love him, we testify of him. And so how can we make Christianity more palatable? Well, we probably have to take out all of these terms and these thoughts that make a person offended. And uh, I want to y- y- say this one you know, verse, and this is a scripture that I always think about when I'm preaching and I'm sharing the gospel, because I'm tempted, just like everyone else is, to lessen the blow, yeah. to, uh, to make the gospel more appealing to someone who doesn't know Christ. Um, but this is the scripture I always think about when I'm sharing the gospel in any, in any facet, whether it's open-air preaching, one-one witnessing, it's this. In the sight of God, speak we in Christ. In the sight of God, speak we in Christ. And so what that means is, everything that I do, I do it in the sight of God. God Almighty, I am speaking and communicating who He is, who they are, why they need Christ, and if I give them somewhat of a false notion that they can be saved without repentance, that they're fine without, you know, turning from their sin, or whatever it may be, then, number one, I'm being a false teacher. I'm teaching them that they're okay just the way that they are. They don't need to be changed. They don't need, you know, to to repent of their sin and turn from it. Uh, Just pray a prayer, and you're good to go. We're doing this to say that false gospels, even though it may have this sound of, well, they believe in God and Jesus and all this stuff, makes it harder (laughs) for evangelism. Uh, It's hard to witness to people who are believing a false gospel. It's very, it's very uh, aggravating <laughs> yes. sometimes, and it's also just uh, hard because uh, it's harder to witness someone who thinks they're right with God already than someone who, let's say, doesn't believe in God. I'll be honest with you, Devin. This is a hard topic to address um, because there's so many different lines of thought when it comes to what the gospel actually is. Uh, beyond the scriptures, there are tons of, of avenues we can go down where people are believing that uh, you're saved by grace plus works, um, which would be like a workspace righteousness. Then there's, uh, and these I'm just mentioning some of the predominant um, thought patterns that we can obviously uh, disregard. But then there's some that are very subtle. Um, in fact, they are so subtle and so rampant in our society that um, the moment we start to, you know, to reveal some of these things, we're going to have uh, probably a multitude of people saying, wait a minute, uh, are you saying this? Are you saying that? Because it's something maybe they believed in for a long time, or they have songs that they really like that uh, propagate this type of, of ideology. So when we talk about the gospel, we want to make sure that we make this so clear to you and we direct you towards the scripture, because that's the reason why we say uh, sola scriptura, scripture alone. There's many people that can take scripture and twist it and make it say what they want it to say. And so there's a lot of like gospel empowerment type of movements going on where um, they take pretty much every heroic story that's in the Bible and they uh, tend to make the person listening to the preaching become the hero in the story. And so they make 
almost like God be somewhat of a genie in a bottle where they can just rub it the right way and he comes out and whatever they need done or whatever they want done, they get it done. Um, and so there's other types of ideologies out there where, and I'm just going to pinpoint it here, we call it the man-centered gospel. And the man-centered gospel um, is something that we're going to tackle in part two of this podcast, A False Gospel. So we hope that you'll hang on um, for that podcast coming out. And uh, thank you so much for listening, by the way. We really do appreciate it. Me and Devin both work as evangelists inside of our city, which is Mobile County. We're we're in South Alabama here. And um, this is something that's so important to us. We cannot emphasize it enough. I do want you, Devin, to, to discuss one of the types of gospels that you you find out there, and we've been talking about this before. It's the the moralist, judgmentless uh, gospel. So um, give me your take on that. So basically it's the moralist, judgmentless gospel says something like this. Our big problem is sins, plural, and not our sin nature. The purpose for Christ's death is to give us a second chance to make us better people. Uh, redemption comes through the exercise of willpower with God's help. Uh, also, God's forgiveness does not need to come through the sacrifice of His Son. Judgment is more about God's goodness, not the need for human uh, rebellion to be punished. And so, therefore, evangelism is not urgent. Please understand this. Evangelism is very urgent. <laughs> yes. It is the most urgent of urgent things that exist. It is very urgent because people's souls are in stake. Paul would not have warned uh, of, and Jesus himself would not have warned of false teachers uh, if, we, uh, if they weren't going to be there. You know, a lot of people in this movement don't want to believe or see that there are false teachers or believe that there can be or that they even uh, could possibly be, a, possibly be a false teacher. But my question is, a lot of times for these people, is that uh, if you don't believe there's false teachers, if you don't believe that you're, you could be false, why would Jesus and Paul warn us of false teachers coming from inside of us. Mm. Notice most of the false teachers come from inside of the church, and a lot of times it makes true converts uh, become deceived, believing things they shouldn't believe, and also it hardens the heart of some lost people who think they're saved and are not really saved. And so we're doing this to say that false gospels, even though it may have this sound of, well, they believe in God and Jesus and all this stuff, makes it harder (laughs) for evangelism uh it's hard to witness to people who are believing a false gospel oh yeah it it makes it incredibly difficult and the reason why if you get down to the root of it it's what we call idolatry now let me explain idolatry typically when you think about that word what comes to mind well you know in the Old Testament, people making a god out of out of gold, silver, wood, uh, bronze, whatever it may be, and then begin to worship it. Now, that's an inanimate object that doesn't have any kind of power to think or to do, um, but yet that can also be done with the mind. And that really is America's probably greatest sin, is making God out to be something that he's not. In fact, the Bible says that, that you've made the mistake of thinking that I was like you, um, basically, that um, we make a God to suit our own lifestyle, our own self, and ultimately it's a blown-up version of ourself because that God is a, a snuggly God. You know, I can cuddle up with Him and feel really comfortable in my sin or in my present lifestyle and think, well, God doesn't call me to holiness or righteousness or repentance 
Um, my God would never send me to hell. You, you hear things like that. Another thing that you'll hear that's very typical is, um, you know, uh, oh, my God's good with me. We're, we're okay. Me and him are good. And there's a reason why that is, is because uh, that God is not God at all. It's, it is a figment of their imagination or a idol. And that's their practicing idolatry with the mind rather than the hands. They've built or made a God in their mind um, that is very uh, good for them. And so, hey, as we're talking about this, realize that there's going to be a part two. And uh, in this segment here, I wanted to just begin to tell you a little bit about my story, and I'm going to finish it in part two. Some of you will be surprised at this, that those of you that hear me open air preach, that hear um, us do teaching on YouTube and Facebook and on the podcast, to think that I was once a propagator for eight solid years of what we call the postmodern gospel. So realize, as I'm talking about this specifically, I was a propagator of a false gospel for years, for almost a decade of my ministry. Um, I preached a very man-centered um, postmodern gospel. I omitted things like sin, um, the need for righteousness, um, especially coming judgment. You would never hear me talk about hell or repentance. Um, those type of things I omitted from the message. And not only the things I omitted from the message was a issue, but also the motive that I gave people to come to Christ. Uh, because I didn't have a biblical worldview as my foundation, then what I was presenting to people, which I called the gospel, um, gave them the wrong view of themselves. In fact, I, in my mind, thought there's people who are really just good people, but Jesus can make their life better. He, he came to really you know, give us an abundant life, to give us a, a better life than what we're living, to give us a hope in this life, and to, uh, man, make us successful in our jobs. And, um, you know, I think Jesus, you know, really just makes life better. And that was what I was presenting. And so basically I used the gospel um, really as a, uh, you know, a sales pitch. Like, if you get Jesus, man, you're not living until you get Jesus. You know, hey, let me tell you what Jesus will give you. And so instead of the, the person who's listening to me that is currently um, a sinner against God in his mind through wicked works, as the Bible says, um, with, you know, the, the Word of God talks about being spiritually dead, having nothing and no righteousness of his own, desperately, the Bible calls wicked in a need of repentance. Jesus said, um, unless you repent, you will likewise perish. And uh, so the person listening to me would get the idea that, you know, hey, if you come to Jesus, you think your life's good now, it'll be much better with Jesus. And so not only the things I were omitting, but also the things I was presenting to them as uh, a reason to come to Christ. And that's what always happens in these false gospels, is you give a person a false motive to come to Christ, and they'll usually lack repentance, in which a man cannot be saved without. And so, salvation, by faith alone, by grace alone, in Christ alone, according to the Scriptures alone, to the glory of God alone. We make that very clear here on the podcast, but when we talk about some of the fruits of salvation, the legitimate fruits like joy, the, as the scriptures say, is unspeakable and full of glory, uh, peace that surpasses knowledge, um, you know, hope that's an anchor to our soul, uh, all of God's wonderful promises. 
those are legitimate fruits of salvation. But it's not legitimate to use those as a drawing card to get people to come to the Savior. No, He came to save us from our sin and to save us from the penalty of our sin, which is death, the wages that we have earned. The Bible says in Romans 6.23 that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is everlasting life in Christ Jesus. So not only we're excited to continue this dialogue together, Devin, um, just to get into some of the other false gospels out there, but also to bring about the true gospel. Make sure to join us every Monday at 7 p.m. Central for Reach My City Live. Make sure to like our Facebook page and join us live where we discuss today's trending issues with hard-hitting biblical truth.